and boom goes the dynamite. And boom goes the dynamite. And boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to another special edition of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcasting Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me today is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing, man? Oh, Jeff, I am so great to be here. I'm just ducked down in the bushes outside of Team Vision Dojo with an AR-15, ready to roll. Oh, Jesus Christ almighty. Yeah, that that was fun. That was a fun uh, last hour or so. On the internet. Yeah, by the time this uh, episode comes out, there has been news. Uh, uh, oh, boy. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I thought the worst thing we were going to have to talk about is the fact that Ivelisse was in the crowd. And it was no, like, I mean, oh, that's disgusting. Ivelisse, Dave Meltzer, and Will Ospreay are all so fucking happy right now. Oh, boy. Well, well okay, Ospreay, yeah, I, I don't want to talk about him either because we barely talked about him on Strong Style Story this week. What, what about Meltzer? Meltzer did a whole thing on Wrestling Observer Radio, like equating Osprey to Hana, and I don't really want to get into it because it's it's all very uh, dumb. Well, that's fucking disgusting. It's all very dumb, and it's all very Meltzer. And you know, if you're listening to that stuff, like I don't know, find other wrestling content. Uh, and that's all I can really say about it. Yeah. Well, we well we 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 certainly like to try to uh, give an alternative and, to. And we'll provide it right freaking here. Yeah, you don't need Meltzer. Melts. You don't need any melts. You got us. You got us, because we're we're not we're not bought and paid for by anybody. Right. So that's right. Well, that is not true, Tony Khan. If you are willing to give me any money, I'll be happy to say whatever you want. Well, because I met Tony Khan, uh, I'm very willing to sell out. Let me put it that way. I'm absolutely willing to. Just somebody has to give me a check. Well, I I, I met Tony Khan at uh, at, at the Hilton Bar. Uh, you know, at uh, during Revolution Weekend and. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I talked to him, and yeah, he never once offered me any money, so I guess he, he's not looking. So, you Tony Khan, give us $38,000 per episode, or we're going to start viewing negative uh, reviews on your show. <laughs> even, if we liked, even if we liked it, we're just, you're being held captive now. This is pressure. This is how it works. <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, I thought Evil East was going to be the worst thing that we we're going to discuss today, but no, no. Th- thank you once again, Chase and Rance, for rearing your, your, your fuck ugly head. And, you know, I think AJ Gray said it best, just like you're in Florida. There's plenty of places you can get, I'm sure, better weed. So, you yeah. know, just just go get better weed somewhere else. Rent your ring somewhere else. And let's uh, let's move on. From do, do we not? Do we not all learn? You know, I, 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 I heard somebody say actually say something earlier this week about, you know, he's going to get, you know, snarfed up by AEW at some point. And I'm thinking, yeah, not after the not after the the complete bullocking Kenny Omega got. Uh, associating with him back in 2018. <laughs> yeah, I think that the fandom has kind of had enough of it. And like, the only reason he has any kind of relevance is exactly what was exposed today, that he, you know, gives wrestlers free weed and free ring time. And, uh, you know, most wrestlers are willing to look the other way for free shit, and they need to stop doing that. Yeah. So, really, I don't want to say most. I don't think that's fair either. There's only a few select number of people that have, have been going there. Those people should not. And that's all we can really say about yeah, it, right? Well, 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 only one of them I actually really like, but you know what? I haven't seen him in like two years, so I, I, uh, I don't know. Uh, Ricochet and Casey Catanzaro are also in that picture with Moose, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, Ricochet was the one I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He's in that picture with Moose, so he's still training with them, obviously. Oh, great. So yeah, he's he's doing that. What are you gonna yeah, do? Ri- uh, yeah, ri- Ricochet. Yeah, we, we we thought you knew better, man. Yeah, tighten it up, Trevor. So yeah. <laughs> So anyway, this is another. As you heard from the theme music, this is another uh, special edition of Boom Goes the Dynamite because they did another special show uh, three sure weeks, in, three weeks in a row. Uh, this is the annual fight, for, the the now annual fight for the fallen 
uh, charity appeal uh, if you go to AEWFightForTheFallen.com if you want to donate. They're doing, uh, this time they're doing uh, COVID relief yeah, in, in, in North Florida. Us, um, America was able to find a problem worse than gun violence this year uh, with an even higher death toll. So, uh, great. Yeah, funny that. And uh, so, yeah, so this year the the, the appeal is for, for COVID-19 relief. But uh, once again, you know, obviously, you know, as is now the tradition, uh, we are live at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, your hosts this week, Jim Ross, Excalibur, and Taz to start. Uh, Tony Schiavone was not there. I didn't actually catch, I, I can assume, but I didn't actually catch the reason. No, I didn't really hear either. I'm guessing he just had the night off or travel stuff or, you know, crazy times right now. So, uh, I, I, yeah, it could have been something COVID related, too. So yeah, I, oh, I, I, I don't maybe, know. Usually if somebody was exposed, they, they do uh, mention that. But it could be different in these circumstances. But I was all happy to see Taz. Uh, as the, your listeners know, uh, we I do watch AEW Dark regularly on my Into Darkness series on Twitch. Oh, yeah, and yeah. So uh, He yeah, does commentary get... with Excalibur there, and I think he does a great job there every week. I think he and Excalibur have a really good chemistry when it's a two-man booth. They, uh, they're they very informed and very informative, but they also have a ton of fun. Excalibur knows how to specifically pop Taz a lot, and he'll tell jokes that he knows just will make Taz crack up. And it's, it's just, they have a fun, uh, uh, fun banter. Uh, uh, how was Dark this week? Dark was uh, pretty good. It was a seven-match card. You got a preview of the Alley and Brandy stuff. Um, there was a very fun match between, uh, um, Ricky Starks and, uh, what's his face? Uh, uh, Robert Anthony. And then also a, uh, a Marco stunt, Michael Nakazawa match. And I'm always happy to see Michael Nakazawa return to my television screen. Well, that makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> He's fun. Oh boy. I like, uh, look, I like him. I like Turkish oil wrestling. He has introduced me to the wonderful, beautiful world of Turkish oil wrestling. And if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what I'm talking about, please pull up your YouTube and type in Turkish oil wrestling and find yourself a new favorite sport. Ah, uh, so uh, we, we, we are in the midst of the fight for the fallen. Speaking of oiled up, let's talk about Sunny Kiss. Yes, and we, we, we go right into our first match of the evening for the Terrible Neck Tattoo Championship. <laughs> Still held by Cody Rhodes, oddly okay. enough. Well, in that case, I wouldn't want Sonny to win, because that would mean Sonny needs to get a bad neck tattoo. We can't have that. Uh, Cody Rhodes versus Sonny Kiss for the TNT Championship. Uh, first of all, that introduction by uh, Sonny's entrance was uh, fantastic. Another absolute banger of an entrance. This is the second time I remember Sonny doing a big choreographed number with the Jacksonville cheerleaders. Um, and always a really fun time. Well choreographed. Sonny <laughs> outshined all the cheerleaders, which I think was great. Uh, yeah, great routine. Sonny looks fabulous. The gear was awesome. Uh, really right off from the start, uh, you, uh, you can see social media blowing up right away just specifically about the entrance. And it really set the tone for what we were in for. Yeah, um, the... The, the the first note I have on it, it was interesting that Cody was working heel in this match because yeah I don't think there was any real way he was going to work babyface in this. No, one. and he and, and he that was the plan the whole time, and I think partially why they started planning these heel turn seats is so he can wrestle a lot of these fan favorites and work heel in the match, like you know bell to bell, because at the at, eventually we're going to get Warhorse. There wouldn't be doing it this much if he wasn't going to show up, and at that point uh, he's going to have to work heel against Warhorse too. It didn't, uh, I think Arn Anderson even mentioned War Arn Anderson Wars mentioned and, it in an interview. Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. tweeting about it. They, they wouldn't be putting it on their official social media and having, like, their personalities actually speak his name out loud if it wasn't going to get paid off. Yeah. It, well, yeah, we, we, we hope not anyway. Because, yeah, we, we, we definitely want to see some uh, some Jake Parnell on our uh, on our TV screens. We certainly do. Get uh, me the independent wrestling champion. Uh Sonny Kiss was on fucking fire in this match, and he pulled off some offense I had not seen before. Yes, and uh, the match was told in a very, you know, very traditional, uh, uh, you know, crowd favorite, gets all their moves in on a, on a real hot start, and the comeback kind of happens gradually. And I thought it was well told. Yeah, Sonny got the entire bag of tricks, really got all his shit in, if you will. Uh, they did, but uh, on, you know, in the end, of course, you know, Cody Rhodes, Executive Vice President Cody Rhodes, is not dropping the TNT Championship. No. To... And, and we all kind of knew that, but one of these things where the result really doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Sonny can lose this match. Didn't matter. Sonny looked fantastic. Sonny was uh, put to the next level in this match, and uh, 
you know, new fans were made. This match accomplished exactly what it set out to do. And I think you and all your listeners would know that last week I specifically said Cody was the perfect opponent for this because Cody's going to make Sonny look like a million bucks. And he did. Credit where it's due. Uh, I will say that at, at post-match, that hug uh, looked very uncomfortable. <laughs> for Sonny, Sonny just looked like, why are you touching me? <laughs> Hey, I, it, it served its purpose. The the, the the show of respect at the end, everything there, all served its purpose. Um, I thought it was very well done all around. Yeah, of course Cody wasn't going to lose this match, but we all knew that going in. Who cares? It's wrestling. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that that it is. It's definitely wrestling. Uh, we then go to a commercial break, and we come back, and we have a first-time ever tag team matchup between... Uh, FTR, one of these days I will actually remember their names, <laughs> Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood, right? Yes, although Dax Harwood I can understand, but I'll never forget Cash Wheeler. Because yeah, Cash Wheeler I can remember. That might be the coolest wrestling name ever. It's like up there. It's really good. And they are up against Ray Phoenix and his, his older brother, one of the top three wrestlers in the world by my reckoning, uh, Pentagon Jr. Um, this, was a f- this was a good match. I oh, yeah. really this, enjoyed this. This card, I was a little worried about them front-loading this show because, you know, you start out with Cody and Sonny, and you go right in. Like, these are the two probably most hype matches of your card this week. And they well, just... Well, 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 except, right for, well, except for the Mox and Brian Cage. Right, that, but, but Mox and Brian Cage, I, I'll be... Well, we'll get to it, but I honestly feel like most fans would rather see these two matches. That just is what it is. I know I was more excited for these two than I was for Mox and Cage. But it, I mean, I, and that's nothing against Mox and Cage. We'll talk about it. I thought that match was great, too. Really? But, Even with Taz doing all his work? Well, you, you weren't well, we'll, tell, and I, well I've talked about how much I love Taz and what he's done. We'll, we'll save that for when we talk about that match. Sounds but good. I think these, these, to me, were what I wanted to see as a fan and, a, and this match right here. Uh, this is like this is tag team wrestling at its best, right? Yeah, this was it, – it, it was two different tag teams with two completely different philosophies – of oh, yeah. tag teams, but I'm going to call bullshit on this whole follow the rules thing. We follow the rules of tag team wrestling when they want, when they beat, they pin Phoenix after a mask pull. Fuck that shit. Well, you know, that's working heel. It's not because here's the thing. It's were not they the heels. Cause I don't think they were because they, they've been putting pennant, you know, the Lucha bros as, as the, as the, well, I think that's something that I think that's a, a good point you bring up there. And something we've talked about before, like AEW really is starting to move away from traditional face heel storytelling in a real way. Well, that's and, because their, their face heel dynamics are completely wacky world anyway, which to <laughs> me is good. It's about time. We don't need it to be that uh, uh, black and white and, and that, you know, binary uh, all the time. And uh, yes, there's well, a lot of room for that storytelling, but when you have wrestlers as talented as teams like FTR and like the Lucha Brothers and like the Butcher and the Blade, even I mean they're just they're very compelling. When you have the Young Bucks, when you have all these uh, these people that can just do pretty much anything, just let the fans cheer for who they're going to cheer for and boo who they're going to boo. You go out there and put on a show. Well, okay, but that was the flo- that was the dominant philosophy of the Attitude Era too, and that completely ruined face heel dynamics. Well. I, is it? I don't know. That's a conversation I think I could have because I don't necessarily think that's true. I think we kind of look at it that way because of maybe some of our anti-hero attachments to guys like Steve Austin and like the Degeneration X, just because or you know, or, yeah, you but know. like their edginess kind of like fed into like the narrative of like what people wanted and what was on tele, and also it mirrored what like what was in popular culture and television at the time. Um, so like there was a very specific, like a very specific moment in time and like capitalizing off of like current pop culture. I think what's going on here especially in the tag team division in AEW is more an evolution of storytelling and actual progress versus, you know, what the attitude era was, which is a lot more exploitation. Yeah. But you know, you can draw a straight line to the pop culture of the nineties and the, you know, and the, 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 the fascism we find ourselves in now. So. Oh yeah. But I mean, you could also trace that right back to the Reagan era eighties too. Well, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, I mean that that that's you know one of the you know one of the earlier like, points, but uh, and, and, and uh, interestingly enough, wrestling doesn't always reflect uh, the like political culture and and moment in time as other forms of media do because wrestling's always behind the ball on pop culture. So it's really interesting, like you see like movies and television like really reflect like who the president is and like what that and what that administration's uh, uh, outlook is, but wrestling doesn't do it quite as much. Because wrestling is always a few years behind culture. Yeah, yeah, to 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 an extent, but yeah, to uh, an extent, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, 
Anyway, so uh, who was it? Dax Harwood, right? He he was the one who rolled up. Uh, he he pulled Phoenix's mask and and yes, and, and, him and up. what was a car crash of a match? There was a lot of really great spots happening. Um, Phoenix hit an amazing splash uh, from the top rope down to the ground. Just yes, huge he did. Time. Just something. It was a thing of I yelled at my television again. Um, you know, Pentagon's charisma just off the freaking charts all the time. And Dax becoming one of the most solid workers maybe on their whole roster. This guy's always clean. Yeah, no, no, no. It was it was a really, really good match. I I really enjoyed it, even if I hated and, and it. And the mask full, while you know, and I think a, a nice dynamic that you know they are like they they follow the rules of wrestling and tag team rules. But when it comes down to they need to beat these guys, you know, they're willing to uh, be a little morally ambiguous, and I think yeah. that gives them a little more depth. Uh, Post match, we get a visit from Kenny Omega, who uh, wants to make good for the last time they all got together. And, oh, he uh, wants to. And uh, he he brings out a cooler of beers, uh, it, cooler of Just a couple of uh, brewskis with your co- homies. A co- co- you know? couple of brewskis with the name scribble off. <laughs> yeah, you gotta gotta put a little magic marker over the the word Miller Light. <laughs> and, and, but this was not the most nerd uh, thing that happened in this whole bit because afterwards uh, they poured the beer over <laughs> Kenny while yeah. the young bucks sneak up behind. Uh, the butcher of the blade and retrieve the, the, the keys to the, to the FTR mobile. Um, so yeah. So FTR tried to leave and they came and they can't start the fucking car. (laughs) They got flooded their engine because he knew. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. They knew. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. You see, that's what, that's what butcher and blade were doing. That's That's what butcher. You steal somebody's car, when you get it back, you make sure that you didn't put any gas in it. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. FTR, uh, <laughs> while they were wrestling, Butcher and Blade put sugar in the gas tank or some shit. Oh, you know? Get wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they did that. I think, didn't uh, didn't one of them grab uh, Butcher's monocle, too? I thought there was a monocle grab in that whole uh, thing. There might have been. So, stay away from the monocle. He needs that for vision. It's important. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he, he's got to play bass with that thing, too. But, yeah, so that's a, a little more storyline advancement with the inevitable uh, blowing up of the Young Bucks and FTR. But starting them off with, like, this little tenuous, like, respect-based alliance is a lot of fun. I, I dig what they're doing here. Uh, when we come back from a commercial break, we get uh, Chris Jericho and uh, Santeno Ortiz and, uh, and Jake Hager and... <laughs> Holy fucking Jesus Christ, Chris Jericho was absolutely fucking wasted. He was having a nice time, okay? It's Florida. Uh, they're fighting for the Fallen. He doesn't have a match tonight, so, you know. It's, uh, Holy Jesus. Can a guy just have a cocktail without everybody uh, everybody just losing their minds? Can a guy just go out and, uh, and and have a couple of cold ones with the inner circle? Yeah, I... I I, you know his. I you know I, I don't even want to know what he was blow, <laughs> what, what what he was bro, blowing on a breathalyzer. Oh man, yeah, well, that's a really good game. Like, what would Jericho's PB <laughs> T show? I would say he's like a. I wouldn't call him. I don't think he would blow too high personally. I think there was a mixture of like he was catching a nice buzz and just going really hard because I think he was just feeling himself uh, last night. Um, I would probably say like a point one two. That's really? right. I'm, I'm thinking like it's gonna be. We, I think it's, it's gonna be like a point eight, the way he was going off. That's I mean, <laughs> he was, whoo, buddy, like that. The whole thing that when he started off about the ratings, like what the Which, fuck? Who okay, gives? so I have a thing of okay. So here you say who gives a fuck? I'll tell you who gives a fuck. Everybody right now because Chris Ooh. Jericho knows. We talked about wrestling being behind on pop culture, not Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is doing this specifically because of Trump, and it's funny as hell. This is all Trumpian stuff, like all the ratings complaining, all the like. Uh, uh, he very much captures that Donald Trump energy in a, in the purely comedic sense and channels it in a way that a lot of other people I don't think understand the humor. He very much does, and I thought this was a great segment, uh, really based on that. Uh, well, okay, but the thing here's the thing: MJF said it. Weeks ago, too. Don't forget. So, and I'm just getting, I'm just getting PTSD flashbacks to, you know, Vince Russo era WCW. Here's the thing, you know, a lot of these guys are writing their own, uh, their own promos and stuff. It's not like they have like a mandate from Tony Khan or from whoever, you know, from Cody or any of these guys are like, hey, you have to talk about this. A lot of these guys. Uh, 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 Are you sure? And to Chris Jericho, he said he writes all of his own shit. So. 
Yeah, you I know, think yeah, Chris Jericho is probably the only one who could get a, who can really get away with it. But oh yeah, but a it lot just of seems like it just seems like that that a weird hill to die on. And then he even he even broke it down into the demographic, which Jesus Christ. Today, as we record this, I get an email in my inbox from shopaew.com. Why I'm on that list, I don't know. Is there, is there a Demo God t-shirt? There is, is a Demo that's... God t-shirt. <laughs> Bless his goddamn heart. There is a... <laughs> there is already a Demo God t-shirt, which and is one of is the biggest definitely... criticisms we all have about the Elite and their t-shirts because, you know, they, they come up with, you know, these in-jokes, you know, and within 24 hours is a t-shirt of it. Well, when you can just call Ryan Barkin and be like, hey, do you make a t-shirt real quick? And then it's done. Like, it's, it's pretty easy to do. You know, um, they have the pipeline and they utilize it but this is why chris jericho is the best this is it's, it's a catchphrase machine now this that, probably take more than three or four weeks but he'll he'll juice it for what it's worth now that, now that being said uh there are two t-shirts on this email that i am interested in one of them is a shot the shot of uh dustin and greg with oh yeah greg's mom in the minivan yes the other the one they've ever produced the, the other one i'm gonna hold on to until the end of the show Okay, okay, I like that. A I'm tease. A oh, tease. That's radio right a there. A tease about the tea. So, I guess tease and tease. Back to the promo, and uh, Jericho starts running down Orange Cassidy and telling him <laughs> he will never get a rematch. And, you know, I, I was just really disappointed because we're not getting the typical Jericho ever no, no, get a rematch again, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, he's decided to retire every WWE-related catchphrase, and understandably so, despite how much we miss a couple actually of Actually, WCW, but yeah. Yeah, I did start in WCW. Cause, yeah, because he did it, yeah, he did that with Dean yeah, Malenko. Dean Malenko, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just watch all that 97 shit, too. I should know that. But, uh, and then Orange Cassidy appears. Yeah, and, he does. <laughs> and, and dumps an entire... An entire grove of orange juice. Just, just Nickelodeon style. We just drop the slime bucket, but it's orange juice and there's peels in it. It's literally freshly squeezed. And, and, well, apparently, you know, apparently, contrary to what Nickelodeon used to say, you can do that on television. You can do that. Yeah, the inner circle accepted the physical challenge, and this is what happens. <laughs> No, see, or- you're going. See, you're going for double there. I actually am going for. You can't do that on television. Well, you know, they had a lot of offerings. They had a lot of offerings. Next week, the inner circle is going to climb the aggro crag. So look out for that. <laughs> and, uh, and and whose shorts will get saluted? That's the real question. <laughs> oh Jesus! But no, that that was uh, that poor ring canvas was getting destroyed this oh, week. Yeah. And then between, it between the, the beer and the, the between the beer and the orange juice. Yep, and and the uh, the baby oil from AEW Dark last night when Michael Nakazawa was on. Oh right. <laughs> oh yeah, you well, know, well, well, and you yeah, know he's getting the, greased up. Yeah, the the the, the ring canvas get, is getting he abused. Did, uh, this was actually very funny. He he knocked down Marco Stunt, and then he poured the all the baby oil all over Marco Stunt, and then he did the jumping foot stomps into like a slip and slide over his body. Oh, Jesus Christ! It was very funny. <laughs> uh, on a, so yeah. so, wait, so on a related fun. note. Before we move on, I have to commend Ortiz for just straight up hitting the banana peel as soon as the juice dropped. Oh, hell yeah. You might have heard like a the sound effect where it's like, woo, 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 woo. He bumped like a champ for that orange juice. It's so good. And then Jericho starts screaming about, about a $7,000 jacket. A classic Jericho bit, uh, yelling out about the cost of his ruined clothing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gee. So we come back and we get a, a, a promo from Jurassic Express. Yeah. In which, uh, which leads right into, yeah, and Chris Jericho joining the commentary team for this. Taz takes off to go get his uh, his contender ready for his title match against John Moxley. He's replaced by a just absolutely on one orange juice covered Chris Jericho, who is having a fucking ball for the rest of the night. It, it, where he even asked for for some vodka. I'm like. Yeah, buddy, I th- I think that's like the last thing you need right now is more I vodka. I disagree. Let him go. <laughs> Let it happen. Uh, so <laughs> we have our third match of the evening. The the elite, the executive vice presidents, Kenny Omega, uh, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson against Jurassic Express, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt. Um, 
This was a fantastic spot. Oh, yeah. It was a spot fest from hell, but it a was very, very, very young bucks match. Like it was a young bucks match through and through. Anytime you get like a big young bucks match, you're just going to get a, a, a high speed car crash and you're going to enjoy every, every minute of it. That's what they do. They do these kind of matches um, and eh, Jurassic Express, uh, great opponents for it. Um, why Jungle Boy is not getting higher up the card is beyond me because well, I think that's because I, I you know my uh, my thoughts on it is AEW doesn't want to get into the logjam the top of their card thing by trying to make everybody a star at once. So, so I think something they do a little bit skillfully is keep some of these guys like in tag teams or in stables or in places where they can still do stuff and kind of work their way up the card because yeah, eventually. When Jungle Boy is like a single star, he's going to be like one of their big deals, right? But right, he's but young. He's you know, in his twenties. You know he's got a really good thing going on, and you have you have John Moxley up there. And now we're going to talk about the end of the show, and you know other people that you know other young talent that they have at the top of the card right now. There's nothing but time for guys like Jungle Boy, so I'm, I'm okay with it, uh, knowing that they're going to pay it off, and at least being confident they will. Yeah, and we should, uh, you know, and we should note uh, Luchasaurus too. I think he's going to be. He should be mega too. I agree. I think maybe because he's a little uh, a little on the older side, he probably won't be like one of their featured guys, but he's going to have a lot of big matches with big dudes. I think when you get him in the ring with guys like Brody Lee and with guys like Cage and stuff, you're going to have some really really fun stuff happening. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think he'll be good for that kind of stuff and then him and uh, you know, him and anybody else you have in a tag team. He's a really good tag team wrestler. And I know everybody is is over and done with with Canadian destroyers, but that destroyer of not, you're not. not anymore you're not. <laughs> That between it, the the one that Phoenix did last week and and the one that Marco did on this show, yeah, I, I I'm sorry, I'm still not bored with it. If you're if you're getting in some very interesting variations of it now, yeah, Canadian Destroyer Fest 2020 is uh, in full swing and uh, they're nailing it. Yeah, that was an awesome awesome spot. There was a couple of really good moves here. Uh, sorry, my, sorry, my dog is ha, has some opinions about this. Apparently, apparently, my nice. dog's a more you know traditionalist on on these things. <laughs> Old school dogs, huh? Just want to go back to the era of storytelling, huh? So, so it seems. Um, <laughs> but in the end, uh, Kenny Omega gets the Duke over Marco Stump with a one winged angel. The uh, fact that he needs to do a one winged angel on Marco. But yeah, and before that, like right before he hit that big V trigger and the one winged angel that took it down, Marco got a really, really close fall and got a really and like it was like he for a second I was like oh shit, and uh, that was really nice to see. Um, and then immediately post match, uh, Kenny Omega starts beating the shit out of Marco Stunt. Yes, Kenny uh, still frustrated about uh, getting bullied by FTR on national TV and looking like a big nerd. Uh, decides he's going to kick mean, Marco Stunt's you, ass. You, you mean the one that he is? Yes, by the one that he is. He's a big old nerd. But that's, you know, that's the charm. Uh, but also during this, uh, Adam Page was watching the match on, on the monitor and was joined at the bar by yeah by FTR. Uh, yeah, just, just a couple of homies having a good time. Just the bros hanging out, having a couple of cold ones. I mean, what, what more can you ask for? No, you really can't. Cracking open a cold one with the boys. We're bringing it back. Do it. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm here for it. Uh, we then get. So yeah, there's there's some interesting stuff there. Um, the this whole storyline. While I know people are really ready for Kenny and and Paige to break up, and everybody wants it to happen, I think they're doing a good job bringing it along. And you know, if they throw in little compelling stuff like this every week, keep it rolling. Why not? I mean, we and we we all know it's the it's the young bucks. That's the whole reason why Adam Page is just done with this shit because. Right, but yeah, and eventually when that all blows up and they we have that separation, it's going to raise Adam Page's profile in a big way. Yeah. Um, coming back, we get an open challenge. What seems to be an open challenge promo from Hikaru Shida to open up the, the women's segment of the show. Yeah. Um, he called for somebody to step on up. Yeah. Step up to the champ. So, we, we, so that's two bells now with open challenges happening here. Uh, you know what? It, we all want AEW to showcase new talent and young guys and, and sign people and do all this stuff, right? What better way? What better way? Open it up and, you know, what your favorite indie shows, don't they have open challenges? Doesn't the independent, like, what's Warhorse been doing for the last, you know, year and a half? Right. People like that stuff. I love it. An open challenge is a great way to defend uh, uh, titles. Let's do it. Uh, 
we come back from commercial. Commer ugh, let's try that again. We come back from commercial <laughs> and we get a pre-tape promo from uh, the your your AEW World Champion John Moxley wearing a Danny Havoc shirt. Very cool. Very cool. Danny, Danny. Havoc, of course, is better than any other wrestler named Havoc that may or may not be featured well, on this TV correct. show. Objectively true. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about that bullshit for a second. How the fuck is um, Jimmy Havoc getting cited in England when he's, A, supposed to be in Florida and, uh, in rehab? Well, that's and, necessarily and, true. How long, well, one, how long was the rehab program? Two, maybe they sent him to rehab in England because it's cheaper because he's got NHL's health care. So. Well, well, and B, um, depending, so it's on hard to he, really tell there. depending on when he came back, he's supposed to be under a 14-day lockdown in, in the U.K., Right, but who, we don't. We haven't heard from the guy in what almost a month. So who knows? You know, whatever. You know, if we never hear from him again, I'm, I'm quite okay with <laughs> it because even even irrespective of you know what what's been said about him, uh, he's complete trash. So yeah, he seems to. Well, I mean, I don't know the guy obviously. No, I, I just meant as a wrestler. Like, he's, and like no, and, well, as, a, as a wrestler, he doesn't seem to. Be, his best days seem to be behind him in the ring. Yeah, yeah, no question about that. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, alcohol is, alcoholism is a crazy thing, and. Uh, it, you know, I hope the dude gets the help he needs, man. Uh, that shit's crazy. It's just tough. It really is. Well, you know, I, I could safely not see him on, uh, on again because doesn't sound like he's ready to be on anyone's TV. So I don't think it's anything we have to worry about anytime soon, huh? Yeah. But anyway, uh, so anyway, yeah. Props to John Moxley for the Danny for the Danny Havoc shirt. And, Correct, uh, and also for saying, uh, "I'm going to tear your bicep from the bone, enjoy the hospital, and then walking away." Oh yeah, <laughs> he's good at those promos where he's just like, "Yep, okay, oh, yeah. fuck this." But, yeah, uh, it's just John Moxley talking shit and walking off. It's it's yeah, great stuff. Yeah, you know, like in in the lead up to the match with Brody Lee when he, you know, he was about to you know, break the arm of somebody in the dark order. He's like, oh, okay, see you Saturday. Crack. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Peace. Like, see ya. He's, he's the star that we, we always knew he was going to be, and it's really great to see. Oh, God. You know, the one he, he's just missing one thing. What's that? Shooter. <laughs> yeah, true. True. Uh, Shooter and the, and the straight, just the Death Rider music, the Death Rider leather jacket. Just bring back Death Rider. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I still can't bring myself to calling it Paradigm Shift. I still call it, you know, Death Rider, you know? It's Death Rider. Screw it. It's Death Rider. Death Rider's It's cool. like the Sears Tower. We're not calling it whatever it's called now. It's the Sears Tower. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've never called it. I have never called it the Willis Tower in conversation ever. <laughs> yeah, really. I've only been here a few years. I still call it the Sears Tower. Like, it's just ingrained into the culture. Well, you know, I you know I I was in Indianapolis for enough years where like the the, the place has now called I think the 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 Ruoff Mortgage Music Center has gone through like three different name changes since I lived there. I still call it Deer Creek because that's what it was when I was there. You know, when I first yeah, there's, got there. there's some there's some landmarks in uh, in my home state of Michigan very much like that. I think we all have that. Like the places that change, you're like, nope, I'm still calling it this thing. So anyway, yeah. Point being, uh, quit the paradigm shift. It's Death Rider. It's Death Rider. That's, that's right. right. You, I mean, Shooter even has a motorcycle jacket that says Death Riders on it. So, I mean, yeah. you know, he's part of the gang. I just want to hear that awesome wailing guitar riff from Mox. I just want to see Mox back in. I just want to see Mox back in New Japan. Honestly. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, I mean, this he, conversation he, is really leading to. We just want Mox to go back to Japan. Yeah, I mean, he already had like one of my favorite feuds of the year. Yeah, I mean, him and him and Suzuki. Oh, yeah, and then the, and all of his stuff through the G1 was uh, spectacular. I thought they had him lose too much, but I get it. Oh, Jesus. Well, you know, the thing with Toriano. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. But yeah, I mean, it's all good. It's all great stuff. <laughs> you could drive, right? <laughs> Shota is, like, hanging off of his arm. You can drive, right? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anyway, we're... we're, we're, we're we're rambling. Um, yeah, we digress. Uh, the, and I'd really like to talk about the next thing that happens because... Uh, really? I, yes. Uh, so our, our, our fourth match of the evening, the Nightmare Sisters of Brandy Rhodes and, and Allie uh, versus Kenzie Page and NJ Jenkins. Yes, and I'm going to be real with you here. The Nightmare Sisters quickly becoming one of my favorite acts that they have going on the show right now. Well, I that's, think be, well that's because you watch Dark, so... <laughs> They do well, yeah. They, I mean, the what they do on Dark is really just prelude to what they do on Wednesday nights. It's like they they had a, they had a match on Dark that wasn't a whole lot different from this match. Like they uh, they wrestled uh, Rache Chanel and uh, shit, another one of their like uh, uh, 
lower card women. And it was like also just a fine match, not much different than what we saw on this one. But I don't think it's really about the in-ring work more as it is the character dynamic between Brandy and Allie. And I think they both need to be commended uh, acting-wise for doing a really, really good job. Yeah, but I mean, this really does have a limited shelf life. Yeah, but they're going, but it's it's already, you can see where it's going. And I think the pacing of the story has been, has been fine. I don't think they're dragging anything out too far. It's going to come to its natural conclusion. But what they're doing right now is that kind of uneasy alliance where clearly Brandy and Allie don't like each other personally, but they keep winning. So what are they supposed to do? Stop wrestling together? They keep winning. Oh, I mean, and, yeah, but I mean, Allie's like, Allie's well, you know, like, you know, a snarky little shithead and like using the Dustin slap and like doing the fake friend stuff and like smiling and then turning away and frowning and just all the little work she's done there. I think nothing short of fantastic. Some of the best acting on the entire show. Right. Okay. But they're already doing that with another tag team. Right. But this is the women's division. It's fine. But I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. It's, it's the same. No, no, but it's no, it is the same thing because it's the same thing as what they did before with the nightmare collective when they were already running a fucking cult angle with the dark order. Right, but now this like, isn't a, like, and it is a dark order, and like no, it's, you're it's, right. It's a but now story, it's like friendship, and like it's a whole different dynamic, and like what the stakes and what the uh, and like what's at stake and what it means to these people personally is a lot different. Like their motivations are a lot different, and it's just all about like, and that's what I think. Um, you know, as wrestling fans, it's hard for us to do because we're just our brains. As much as some of us hate to admit it, are so rotted out by a lifetime of WWE dominating wrestling and, and telling people how stories need to be told and how a show needs to go. And like we need to, I think, maybe look at wrestling as like a television, especially on television, just as a TV show more. Um, and understanding like those overlaps in TV show storylines and some of those different things. And and just acting. Like this is just good acting to me. And that's what really pulls me in. Okay, but if we're gonna take that, okay, but a TV show has like a, a showrunner and a script editor who will go, you know, if you want to use the British terminology, um, you know, that's my that's my years of Doctor Who fandom talking about script editors. But you know, um, the, the the fact of the matter is, I mean, you, you have somebody that that that's in charge that will say, hey, you know what, we're already kind of doing a storyline just like this uh, right now. In fact, really, it doesn't feel that similar to me because, like, and all they're like. There can only be like one unsteady friendship on the entire roster. Why? Why can there only be one? Like, why can't other people like sort of like like when like Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon have a similar dynamic too? But again, the stakes, the motivations, and, and their feelings on it are very very different. So I don't I don't think that causes a lot of overlap because I feel differently when I'm watching each of those like sets of uh, of characters. Does that make sense? I mean, it kind of does. It they just, all have different emotions for me. Right. Well, and plus, you know, it just it, it's more Brandy Rhodes on my TV, which is something always I, fun. <laughs> I'm not going to say no to Brandy Rhodes on my television. Well, you know what? That's where we def- <laughs> and uh, that's where never the Twain shall meet between us, I guess. <laughs> well, I, I mean, just when the next evolution of human hotness is on my screen, I'll allow it to happen. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, uh, this match was a complete squash, and yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, and the Nightmare Sisters get their debut win on 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 Dynamite on on the big. Yeah, show, I mean, so. eventually they're gonna run into like good wrestlers and get the shit kicked out of them. It's gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> we hope uh, it's gonna happen. And then Allie's gonna be a real real asshole about it, and we're all gonna have a good laugh. Uh, continuing the women's portion of the show, we get a shot of Britt Baker in a completely over the top. Uh, face mask get up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, that, so that, from Brit, one of the, I think one of the quickest, uh, uh, loss of interest in a character, maybe AEW's had so far is they started out this Britt Baker thing, like sensor injury as like really positive and each week have done a worse job. Yeah. It, it is starting to get a little bit of a uh, diminishing returns, especially when big swole isn't there to, to, you know, antagonize. Yes, you know, in the best way, but uh, but then we get a a promo from Nyla Rose revealing <laughs> her choice of manager. And I can't believe none of us talked about this last week being a possibility. Yeah, I can't, I, I, I can't it, believe we missed this. Well, yeah, we completely missed this. It was not awesome, Kong. It was Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Okay, I have to. This is another thing. I just have to be a bit because I'm a, I'm an honest guy and I'm honest about my wrestling fandom. Uh, I think a lot of people who are wrestling fans and are in the know uh, know a little bit about Vicky Guerrero as a person, uh, know a little bit about some of Vicky Guerrero's personal views, and uh, gotta say, they're less than great. Yeah, just a, just However, a little. 
However, I unapologetically love the Vicky Guerrero, Guerrero character on TV. She's just the most grating, awful, and just infuriating in the best way uh, as a wrestling heel character. So this totally worked for me. I have to just hang my head in shame and admit that I loved it. I just don't understand why Nyla, of all people, needs this. That is true. Nyla's a great promo. And I like if you're going to have Vicky Guerrero be somebody's mouthpiece, you can probably utilize it in a more productive manner. But I'm excited to see what happens. Also, maybe this is just a way for them to run for like a month or two and then Vicky to piss off Nyla and eventually kick her ass. Which I Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll just get, you know, Nyla beating the shit out of Vicky or something. Right. Which uh, we talk about character overlap. Uh, as far as managers and stuff go, like the un- like the manager unable to control their talent is seems to be a, a theme that they like to use here on AEW as well. Yes. Yeah, you know. Shadowing. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that, well, you know, if if that's what happens in this, yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I'm gonna think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I don't think we're gonna be seeing. Yeah, I, I don't think we're gonna be seeing much of Aja Kong anymore no. with her new role um, being part of uh, the the now resurrected Pro Wrestling Zero One. Oh really? Yeah, she she's taking a uh, a, a role. So, it's very funny you mentioned Zero One on this podcast uh, because earlier today I was playing Yakuza Zero on my Twitch stream and uh, my chat and I were talking about Zero One's real life Yakuza ties in the past. Yeah, uh, well, that's something that uh, yeah, that's something that uh, you know uh, co-host Lawrence O'Brien has talked about on his uh, on his show Pro in the Rough. So uh, ah. I'll I'll leave that to him because I also awesome. left him. Left that to him when we talked about it briefly on Strong Style Story, but yes, uh, those are definitely things that that are uh, that are a thing. I mean, you know, much like you know the American the American Mafia and like combat sports in America, and especially boxing uh, back in the day, they kind of just got to pay to play in some of that culture with some of those sports, and that element is just it's always going to be there in some way, shape, or form. Well, yeah, well, it's either that or it's like really corporate because you know when yeah. you have like you know the Bushi Roads and the Abimas, you know Abima now owns DDT and uh noah yeah no yeah they're the same we were talking about that too in noah's past yeah so mm. with that in mind we get our main event of the evening uh the long-awaited aew world title match between your champion john moxley and Jan moxley and uh, or jonathan moxley is uh when zack saber jr referred to him <laughs> and uh and the 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 FTW champion, <laughs> the Brian machine, Cage. the inflated man, Brian Cage. Brian Cage, good promo from Taz to start this off. Every promo from Taz has been a good promo from Taz lately. Taz <laughs> He's just, just been—it just you got yeah, you got to hand it to him. He's been on fire. It just takes you back in time, doesn't it? It absolutely does. Um, he's really doing some just top-notch work, man. The guy's got to be commended for it. Takes you back in time to 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 those days of uh, of ECW. Oh yeah. Shout out to Peter Winson of the Greetings from Allentown podcast, who used to be on this network, um, but he's still available on his own. Uh, you know, search him on SoundCloud's uh, Greetings from Allentown. He's uh, his uh, latest episode. Going over an episode of ECW Hardcore TV from October of 1995, featuring a two out of three falls match between Psychosis and Rey Mysterio Jr. So, yeah, I love Psychosis, man. Hell yeah, love to hear that. Love to pro- plug our friends. Don't we love to plug our homies? Oh, we do. I I, I plug Absolutely. our. In fact, we you know if you didn't notice, we I, I forgot to mention this at the top of the show, which is when I should have. Uh, the reason why we're doing this so late is because, um, yeah, I didn't feel well <laughs> the other night. So, but you're here now. I'm here, here now, and, and so, and even though we're, we're recording this on Thursday night, but uh, my my good buddies uh, Dave and Lee of uh, Days of Thunder. We'll have just dropped an episode by the time we're we're recording this, so I didn't want to step on their toes. So that's why you're getting this on a Friday. Instead. Give that a listen too, folks. Put it in your feeds. Do it right here on the PWOM Podcast Network. Anyway, oh, back to anyway back to our main event of the evening. Um, one thing I really liked about this was Mox doing what he said he was going to do, and he attacked that fucking arm of Brian Cage. Yes, joint manipulation. Uh, uh, body part isolation, classic wrestling psychology, brother. 
Yeah, this was uh, really good. And, you know, Cage did what he could to power out of uh, of whatever Mox is doing, but Mox just went for it. And he, oh, yeah. he was, it, this was not like Street Fight Mox either. I mean, he it's, was it's actually, he was actually somebody like, try to arm bar a man whose arm is the size of your thigh. And, and actually succeeding because at one point he gets him in, you know, the, the, the tiger mask style double arm bar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was, yeah, this was just a well-told, uh, well-told story. Yeah. The match a lot more grounded and yeah, definitely doesn't have like the over the top, uh, quote unquote unscripted violence. Right. But you do get a couple of classic Moxley things. You get those running knees from the corner, which I really liked. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Really those... those oh yeah. And the the best part was is is how they booked the finish of this match with Taz throwing in that towel. So I mean, we we had you know you know uh, you know Chekhov's towel. So this is uh this is uh, glad you said that. This is I think was a polarizing finish, uh, but we're in agreement. I thought it was very good. I I didn't see any, was were there some. I think some people thought, yeah, so I think there was a little thought that there, there was some uh, a diminishing finish because I think some people just really want definitive finishes, man. You know, I think there's just a contingent of wrestling fans that just they want to have it. Uh, they want to have it settled. You know, they don't like the dusty stuff. But I think if you're going to keep the storyline going and we're about to see. That but this isn't but this isn't a, yeah, but this isn't a dusty finish. This wasn't a screwy finish. This was this was a good way to protect Brian Cage. Absolutely. And I would still call it screwy because, you know, Brian Cage immediately gets up and says, no, 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 no. I didn't want the towel thrown in. Taz, what the hell are you doing? I could have kept going. You know, that sort of deal. Yeah. But I mean, they also had an explanation. You know, they, they had a good explanation. Yes. Yeah. Why and then would- Taz, wanting to protect your talent, keep him from his arm and staying out again. But this adds to uh, the tension that's slowly, slowly building between Taz and uh, Brian Cage. Yeah. And I think that's very, it gives that it gives this dynamic a lot of depth. And you're just, it makes you just kind of wonder, like, I don't know, maybe Cage might not be down with the way that Taz is kind of controlling his career now. And you just had to think about that. Yeah, well, so uh, with that in mind, uh, Cage still tries to rampage against uh, against Taz, against uh, against Moss. He, he, real he, mad. He, he, he was real mad. And then we get the return. Well, the lights go out. We the get lights the lights go out. out. Yeah, we get the lights, the lights go out. out thing. So you get that few seconds of, okay, someone's going to be in this ring when the lights come back on. Who's it going to be? And it was one Mr. Darby Allen making Woo! his in-ring return on, on, the, on the program. Straight up acid dropping right onto Brian Cage's chest. Hell yeah. <laughs> Just skateboards right onto the guy. So remember when I said uh, earlier in the program, I mentioned a T-shirt that I was going to discuss that I actually thought looked really good? Yes. Uh, it is a Darby Allen shirt. Oh. And it is. It's a black shirt because, of course, it is because it's a wrestling shirt. Yeah, right. Which in this in this warm weather, I'm having a real difficult time wearing, you know, figuring out what shirts to wear. Yeah, because between, uh, black. between black shirts and can shirts belonging to canceled wrestlers, not a lot of wrestling shirts going on these days. But um, so it's it's a black shirt has a you know circular motif in the middle. Uh, it's mostly Darby's face in there, but surrounding it is a band of black with white stencil that resemble and the whole look. Including the, the 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 stencil style resembles the band Crass. Ah, not familiar. Oh yeah, uh, one of the primo archetypal uh, anarchist collective punk bands, and okay. of which I have a lot of their vinyl. So, okay, very cool. Dig so it. yeah, it looks it, it looks it, it's definitely in, evoking you know the the old Crass Records uh, look. So. Very cool. I also liked the Danny Havoc shirt that Moxley was wearing into the match. Yeah. Wearing, I don't know if it was the same. I think I think he wore a different Danny Havoc shirt in the promo that he did. In, uh, I don't think so. I think it was, the, was same it the same shirt. shirt? It was the okay, same, shirt. same shirt, yeah. I can only see a part of it in the promo. Like, I right. can only see a couple letters. So I wasn't 100%, but very uh, also a very cool shirt. And I think they're selling that one, uh, and the proceeds are going to, uh, to I think, Danny's kid, right? Uh, I th- I, I, I'm actually not sure. So I, I, I don't know something. the answer to that. I think it's some sort of benefit. I will check out Moxley's Twitter and probably, uh, uh, you know, Jack Harlow or someone that's like associated with those guys. I'm so, sure they're sweet about it. So uh, speaking of Brian Cage, uh, this just hit my inbox as we uh, are talking. Uh, they're talking, um, yeah, Brian Cage versus Jeff Cobb at the um, 
at the Return Warrior Wrestling Show that's going to be outside on August the 7th. Um, Lance Archer, also of AEW, against Sam Adonis is on this show, too. Uh, I still am... Um, oh, and uh, Robert Ego Anthony, uh, you said he was on Dark. He was on Dark, yeah. They've been uh, featuring him. Yeah, he, uh, he, he's, been he, getting, he's been getting his time. Yeah, he's up against another guy who was just on Dark, uh, Brian Pillman Drew. I did see that, and that's going to be their title match, so I'm yes, guessing that's the main it is. Uh, I still am not going to the show. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I'm not. You won't catch me going to any live wrestling shows until we get a freaking vaccine, dude. I don't got the immune system for it. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm you, a little immunocompromised myself. So yeah, yeah, I will. You can catch me uh, tweeting about it on watching IWTV or something, man. Because uh, you ain't going to see me at a live show anytime soon, folks. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I will not be going there. No thanks. <laughs> in fact, we still. In fact, we still have a concert ticket that uh, we haven't heard if it's been canceled or not. Uh, oh, but, wow. You know, even so, I I'm, really don't yeah. want to give those refunds out, huh? <laughs> yeah, we yeah we still haven't heard if that show is even going to happen. Dude, somebody invited me to an to a bar today in Chicago. <laughs> oh my goodness! Very easiest thing I've said no to uh, since the quarantine started. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not I'm not hitting any restaurants. Nope. I mean, I'll do. I mean, I'll go in to, to do do pickup because yeah, yeah, you know that's, because that's... Grubhub can kiss my ass. Well, yeah. On a, on a personal note, to you listeners, stay inside, wear a mask when you go outside, be safe. Uh, so, with that in mind, we close out. Uh, Fight for the Fallen on AEW yeah. TV. Uh, Paul, your pros and cons. Um, a lot of pros, man. I'll try to go over the, the my my favorite ones. Um, the the first two matches. Uh, uh, the Lucha Brothers being on my TV, uh, the dynamics between uh, uh, the Nightmare Sisters, uh, my cons, Britt Baker, not very good, um, Nyla Rose having basically too good of a manager, like as too like too strong of a character to be your manager, I think that's just, I don't know, I just don't see the productivity in it, even though I like it, it's just I'm really conflicted, um, not a whole lot of other cons than that though, this was just a very good show. Yeah, it, it was a pretty solid show overall. Uh, I, I'm going to disagree. I, I don't. I, I really just don't like Brandy Rhodes. I really just I, yeah, cannot. I get it. Take her <laughs> on my TV. Wrestling is wrestling is subjective, and uh, you can like and not like whoever you want. Yeah, I, I, I think there are way too many other talented women on that roster to be, you know. Uh, uh, Taking up a roster spot. Well, I think she's using her profile to raise alleys right now, and eventually this team's going to break up, and you know, Ally will be a bigger deal because of it. So if that's what you know, if that's what the big names on the roster are doing, and that's what Cody's doing right now with this title, he's—I mean, yeah—he's keeping the belt, but every time he defends it, it raises the profile of the person he's defending it against. That's just how this stuff works. Yeah, I mean, I—I I see the point. I just you know, we 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 got royally burned with that whole. You know, this is like the third angle of uh, of Brandy Rhodes where it just went. Well, I mean, two of them. the The other two so far have gone screaming one, nowhere. Yeah, I think this one's good though, and I think that it has a coherent like, uh, like an endpoint, right? Like you can see the light at the end of this tunnel. It doesn't feel meandering. We know what it is, right? Like Allie's literally like using these people because of this whole QT Marshall thing, and eventually she's going to turn on everybody because she's an asshole. Yeah, to, to, to go back to her husband, when, when, yeah. one would assume. <laughs> I, and, and I can't wait. When she heals out and goes back to the Butcher and the Blade, it's going to rule. It's going to be great. So, um, so from everything I can see, we actually have a regular old episode of Dynamite. What's that? Do they do that anymore? Yeah, well, apparently we're... Every week's we, special. We, we, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that would be cool if they did that. Honestly, you know, just while you're while we're not traveling or doing any regular shows, why not just give it a theme every week? Uh, just start yeah, make it like those indie shows. They all have like weird names that are like song lyrics and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean that that well again, that's a thing that started with ECW. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like so. every indie show now, like has to have like a clever title. Let's uh, let's do that every every week. AEW just has a new clever title for every show. Hey, I'm I'm down with it. So I'm into it. And one more thing, I want I do want to say because we we do talk about Jr's commentary here a lot. And uh, things he does wrong here a lot. I do want to point out something he does. He does right that's being talked about. Um, the way he commentates, specifically Sunny Ro- uh, Sunny Kiss and Nyla Rose. Um, Jr. Not the most progressive guy in the world. Jr. is not going to. No. You know, you're not going to expect him to be the most progressive. Jr. has no problem properly gendering Sunny Kiss and Nyla Rose. What the hell is anybody else's excuse? Ask yourself that. Uh, Jr. should be commended for uh, for doing that properly. He never has an issue with it. Never has, and, and he calls the, he calls their matches quite well. Uh, and even by Nyla and Sunny's own admission, calls their 
calls uh, their matches great, and I think he should be commended for that. Well, he does I, do a great I, well, I also think he has like a a a a a mandate to do so. Too. Oh well, uh, but mandate or no, he's doing it right, and he doesn't seem uncomfortable at all. He's just he's just calling the match and being a commentator, but that's fine. That's exactly what we that's what we want. We just want him to be a commentator and comment matches properly, and that's what he does with their matches. So you know, we do give him shit for the times he he's wrong, and rightfully so. But this is something that he does right. He doesn't make any type of snarky comments in the meantime or in the middle of it. He just calls the matches. You know what? And and, and I will I will give credit for that. He that is correct. Actually, no, nobody so far, even yeah, no, so far nobody has made any outright hateful remarks no, about about the, either of them. The most derogatory things anybody says about Sunny Kiss is Taz, and it's all about him being from New Jersey. Yeah, right. Well, that's, you know, because, you know, he's from the Red Hook section of Brooklyn, brother. Exactly. So he'll talk shit. He'll be like, yeah, Sonny's wild. That's because he's from New Jersey, bro. (laughs) Which I think is a very funny bit. I mean, you know what? That that is a point. Uh, I'll I'll give you that. So, you know, while we criticize JR, rightfully so, I think that's important to bring up. And also as an example to anybody else listening, if you hear somebody, you know, have any discomfort with it, if JR can fucking do it, what's anybody else's excuse? Well, yeah, and it's true. And, you know, it was like, I just remember the night, you know, and I said this on the show when we covered it, uh, when we covered Double or Nothing, uh, Lawrence and I did, that, you know, the, the night that Nyla dropped that title to Hikaru Shida, oh boy, there was some transphobic bullshit going on. Absolutely. Um, but not, you know, not from the commentary team. And so that good stuff, you know, as far as the fans, they need to get their shit together. Um, I had, I had an issue with two transphobic fans sitting behind me at all out last year, but one comment to them, I just said one, I said one thing to them and they shut the fuck up for the rest of the show. So I think that's an example too. If you hear bad behavior, you hear people saying wrong things at a wrestling show or a live event, immediately call it out and tell them to shut up because nine times out of time, they will. What, what, what did you say that you were going to stab their eyeballs out? If you, they, no, said... for, they were, they were very, very large men. Um, but no, I turned around and I said, well, the guy, I, I don't even want to repeat the comment because it was very offensive. Yeah, don't repeat told, the comment. He said, he said the thing he said to me, and I said, that's not true. And if you talk, continue to talk to me like that, we're all going to have a very, very bad fucking night. Do you understand me? And they shut the fuck up the rest of the night. Okay. That's And here's the thing about people that talk like that. Most of them are cowards. And the only reason they talk like that is because no one has ever challenged them. Call them out, and they'll shut up because they don't have the courage to say anything back. All righty. That's my advice for the week. <laughs> and on that note, why don't you go ahead and plug yourself? Um, Twitch. You can still see me at twitch.tv slash thickflare, all Cs, no Ks. I just started Yakuza, 2, or Yakuza 0 on my gaming nights, uh, which is a very cool game. So uh, check me out playing Yakuza. We are you going to get to Yakuza 6 with, uh, with all the New Japan guys? I hope so. I sure as hell hope so, because Yakuza and, Zero, where I'm at so far, I just beat Chapter One today, and I really like it. It's a cool ass game. Yeah, doesn't uh, and I think Yakuza Two, the 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 remake of Yakuza Two, I think has like a bunch of old wrestlers like Keiji oh, Muto and Chono and and Choshu and Tenru. No wonder my chat told me I should play these games. Like, every, people have been telling me for months that I need to play the Yakuza games, so uh, I'm very excited to get uh, deeper into those. So you can uh, check that out. Lucha Underground on Mondays, uh, AW Dark on Tuesdays, all kinds of other stuff, too. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at ThickFlareTTV, and that's all I got. Uh, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter, my personal Twitter, at GDWessel. Um Chris and I just dropped uh, episode 65 of the Strong Style Story podcast. So uh, when we go over the uh, the New Japan Cup and and Dominion and uh, a lot of the fallout that came from that. So uh, which we, 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 we had a couple of rants on that show. Folks, about, download about, them. Get those rants in you. About things that happened. Um, I said on that show that we were going to do a busting balls this week. Actually, we are not because I, I realize that next weekend is uh, when uh, the the first and second, you know, the the, the premier and the, the the second league below it uh, in England end. So uh, we we do want to talk about that. So we're gonna hold. We're actually gonna hold off uh, a week on a busting ball so we can get some, uh, you know. Get get some topical things in, because uh, you know, especially with uh, you know the 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 decision about Manchester City that came down earlier this week. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, next week will be uh, busting ball. So before then, you will hear another episode of this here program, Boom Goes a Dynamite, which will be a regular episode of Dynamite next week. 
Wow. It's like we have just a return to normalcy. Like we've all been waiting for. Yeah, we they, all they, want to return to normal, folks. It's phase four. We're returning to normal. Everything's we, fine. We, we, we got the ACDC theme. You know, oh, yeah. it'll, it'll, be, uh, it'll be all good. So, oh, I hope you enjoy, uh, Paul, I hope you enjoy the theme I, I picked this time. So oh, I'm excited. <laughs> all right. Well, until then, uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Absolutely. Fuck Chase and Rance. Fuck Team Vision Dojo. Fuck Moose. Woo! Bye now.